0: Good risings. I'm Jackie.
1: And I'm Brian.
0: And this is Grateful Greens. Happy Monday and welcome back. This week, we're looking into some interesting aspects of our fascinating bodies, and we're getting it started today with high altitude.
1: Andrew Lovering is an academic expert in cardiopulmonary and respiratory physiology and professor of human physiology at the University of Oregon. In his collaboration with TED-Ed, Lovering poses a scenario where someone is teleported from sea level to the top of Mount Everest. He says, things would go bad fast. At an altitude of 8,848 meters, barometric pressure is approximately 33% of what it is at sea level. This means there's significantly less oxygen in the air, and our teleported individual would likely suffocate in minutes. But people make those kinds of journeys all the time, in non-instantaneous ways. What's different is their bodies have time to acclimate. People that make that same journey over the course of a month can survive at the peak of Everest for several hours.
0: 5.8 billion people live less than 1,500 feet above sea level. That's three-fourths of the human population. Lovering explains that when we breathe at this altitude, our lungs fill up with air composed of numerous gases and compounds. Most important among these are oxygen molecules, which bind to the hemoglobin in your red blood cells. Blood then circulates throughout our body, bringing essential oxygen to our cells.
1: As altitude increases, the air gets thinner and thinner, which means that while the relative amounts of each compound remain the same, there's less oxygen for our bodies to absorb. If we ascend to altitudes above 7,500 feet, the resulting oxygen deprivation can cause a form of altitude sickness known as AMS, which presents as headaches, fatigue, and nausea. Of course, that only happens when our bodies don't have time to properly acclimate. Lovering explains within minutes or even seconds of reaching altitudes of 4,500 feet, carotid chemoreceptors in our neck sense our blood's low oxygen pressure, which triggers a response that increases the rate and depth of our breathing to counteract the lack of oxygen. Our heart rate also increases, and our heart contracts more tightly to pump additional blood with each beat, quickly moving oxygenated blood around our body. As we continue ascending, our heart rate and breathing speeds up accordingly. But if we stayed at any one altitude for several weeks, we'd reap the benefits of some longer-term adaptations.
0: Lovering goes on by saying that within the first few days above 4500 feet, the volume of plasma in our blood decreases, which increases the concentration of hemoglobin. Over the next two weeks, our hemoglobin levels will continue to rise, allowing our blood to carry even more oxygen per milliliter. Paired with our high heart rate, this new hemoglobin rich blood efficiently distributes oxygen throughout our body so much so that the volume of blood being pumped with each heartbeat can return to normal levels. Over the same time, our breathing also increases further in a process called ventilatory acclimatization.
1: But the summit of Everest is more than just high. It's the highest place on Earth, at altitudes above 10,500 feet. Our bodies are under incredible stress. Lovering explains that the arteries and veins in our brains dilate to speed up blood flow, but our smallest blood vessels, called capillaries, remain the same size. This increased pressure can cause blood vessels to leak and fluid to build up in the brain. A similar issue can occur in the lungs, where low oxygen causes blood vessels to constrict, leading to more leaking vessels and fluid buildup. Those two conditions, known as HACE and HAPE, respectively are incredibly rare, but can be life-threatening if not dealt with quickly. Some Tibetans and South Americans with family histories of living at high altitude have genetic advantages that can prevent minor altitude sickness, but even they aren't immune to these severe conditions. Yet despite these risks, climbers over the last century have proved that people can go higher than scientists ever thought possible. Pushing past their body's limitations, these climbers have redefined what humanity can adapt to. Thanks so much for joining us on Grateful Grains. You can find us on Instagram at Goodrisings, you can find me at B McMuffin.
0: And you can find me at Jacqueline M Wood underscore one. We'll be back again tomorrow for day two of our week on our fascinating bodies. Until then, remember, a better tomorrow starts with today.
1: Good Risings is presented by Cavalry Audio.